Welcome to the Limitless Energy Podcast. And today we're in San Diego, we're on the road, and I have the great pleasure of meeting up with Chad DeRosa, filmmaker, YouTube content creator. Welcome. Well, thank you. Appreciate, appreciate the opportunity to be here. It's awesome to have you on the podcast. And uh, I, I always love the opportunity to talk to you because you, are, you, you have such an interesting background. You have such an interesting lifestyle. I wanna get right into it. So you are, how, how would I describe it? You are always seeking uh, the opportunity for extreme cold camping. Yeah, you know, I mean, growing up as a kid, I, I, as a family, we were always out camping in the backcountry. So I grew up with that kind of lifestyle. Where did you grow up? Uh, I was originally born in Las Cruces, New Mexico. And so spent the first 10 years of my life down in southern New Mexico. And it was kind of desert area there. And so we spent a lot of time on the weekends as a family going up into the mountains and exploring the backcountry. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, when I became older and had my own vehicles, it kind of led into that and it just slowly evolved uh, into getting out and exploring the backcountry. And eventually I started my YouTube channel. I found my passion for photography and filmmaking. And, you know, after we moved to Washington, spending time up in the North Cascades, there's just a ton of winter happening up there. The, the North Cascades of Washington State have some of the world records for the most accumulated snowfall. And so that's just right in the backyard. So, and looking for interesting content for the Van Life YouTube channel, I was like, well, let's go see what it takes to camp in a van in, in the snow. And um, so I did a few videos and those really took off. And that's just kind of became a thing on the YouTube channel of like, let's go see how crazy things can get in a van in the wintertime. For you, it really is around the interaction between the vehicle and and the outdoors right or is it more just camping um you know i enjoy you know everybody's got their thing a lot of people like to go out and hike and explore the backcountry that way i really enjoy exploring dirt roads getting a little bit off-road challenging myself challenging my vehicle so my thing always revolves around you know it's gotten to be known as overlanding and you know back in the day we just called it car camping Mm -hmm. and going camping you know um so i really enjoy the vehicle aspect of it you know, how far can you get your vehicle out into the backcountry and how can you set up your vehicle so that it's sustainable while you're out there and you can spend extended spend extended amount of time in your vehicle out in the backcountry. So that's kind of what is I've become to enjoy about it all. That's what you've documented and it resonated with a lot of people pretty quickly. What, why yeah. do you think that is? Was it, was it, well, I, we, of course, we've noticed a, an inclination for people wanting to get off grid, people wanting to just get far away. Is it that, or is it about specifically what you do technically to get, to get out there with the vehicle? Um, you know, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, when, when I discovered my passion for photography and filmmaking, of course, as a photographer, I wanted to get out there and, and document the the landscape. Landscape photography is one of my favorite things to do. So initially it was like, okay, let's get out and, and shoot photos of the backcountry. And of course that leads to, okay, let's find a vehicle that I can go camping in so that I can be there for the sunset pictures, but then I can camp overnight and be there first thing in the morning for the sunrise. So that's initially where it all came about is finding a vehicle for that. And then that just leads Got and it. grows okay. and, and you know, in this day and age where we have, you know, YouTube being such a thing that I found it's an awesome opportunity to document those adventures and put them on the YouTube channel and let the rest of the people out there enjoy my adventures with me. And I never thought it would ever take off anywhere. And 
it just slowly grew and it's like wow there's a lot of people that are interested in these travels and so now that's become my full-time living you're the ansel adams of overlanding <laughs> i mean Man, those are big shoes to fill <laughs> you know if if the internet existed back then he probably have similarly documented trips right I would, I would imagine so. That's a good way to put it. I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> so uh, let's, let's talk about how uh, your, I guess your career has evolved. You started basically uh, putting out some videos. It really did uh, take off pretty quickly, I guess. So how did, how did that drive how your, your content evolved? Um, well, for me, I, I, I think that's my biggest thing is I always want to take the next best picture. I always want to make the next best video. I want to always want to document the next best adventure. So, um, you know, going out and trying something once, it was like, okay, that was cool. It worked out really well. The next one, I want to do it even bigger. I want to document it even better and tell a better story and inspire more people. So with that just being my nature, it just slowly grows like that. And it's been really crazy to see the channel evolve through that, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, we get to watch you grow. You know, we get to watch these bigger, better adventures. And so that's been, it's been pretty cool. And it just continues to push myself as a filmmaker, as a, as a creator and an adventurer to go out there and find the next biggest adventure. Are you doing things that folks are too scared to do themselves? I mean, I, th my opinion is that I'm, I'm, I'm saying from experience because I, I wouldn't do what you do, <laughs> but I love to watch it and see the, the content and the, the pictures that you, that you are able to create. Yeah. Well, I, I'm definitely thankful for that opportunity to get to do a lot of things that maybe most people wouldn't think of doing. And that comes from wanting to do bigger, more interesting adventures of like, okay, how do I push the limits next time? Maybe something outside my comfort level. And that's where it really comes down to is I'm not doing anything that nobody else can't do. Um, my be in a position where I can take those chances a little bit more, but I'm of the belief that anybody can go out and do this stuff. It's just a matter if you really want to. And like I said, I've been lucky enough to find myself in a position where I get to make my living this way through my YouTube channel and my filmmaking. And so that's, that's exciting for me. Do you have an ambition further along or are you basically living your dream? I gotta say, man, I think I'm living my dream right now. You know, um, that was the whole reason I started living in a van was so that I could quit my career in the construction industry as a truck driver and a mechanic. I spent 18 years in that industry and I did filmmaking and, and photography as a hobby. And I started living in a van, not because I had to, but because I wanted to chase that dream of becoming a professional filmmaker and photographer. And never did I think I was actually going to be a YouTube you know, content creator. That wasn't a thing back in 2011 when I started this. YouTube was just a place where you posted, you know, home videos and, and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, the fact now that I'm living in a van and I get to go out and make cinematic films about my journeys, to me, that's like, holy cow, it's come full circle that now I get to make my living this way. So thankful enough to say that I'm living my dream, but there's always you know, what's the next biggest, the next bigger dream? Do you, know? you, do you have aspirations in terms of filmmaking, in terms of uh, making more widely distributed feature films or documentaries or that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I think the biggest thing is I don't, 
And that's kind of where I've pushed the YouTube channel is, is into more cinematic style films rather right. than just videos. Um, because I do aspire to be an actual filmmaker. You know, I don't want to just make videos here and there. Um, that's why I put so much work into the cinematography and, and try to improve my, my storytelling is because of that filmmaking desire and trying to turn these into. So, yeah, I mean, the opportunity to do something beyond YouTube would be cool. Um, I think the great thing about the platform as YouTube is it. It's kind of an endless platform. You could be a feature-length filmmaker on YouTube. Right, release it on YouTube. Yeah. But I, I think that makes you pretty unique in terms of uh, YouTube content creators. A lot of them actually say, well, I can make a living doing this, and let's just optimize the uh, the, the monetization of this. You know, eventually yeah. it turns into shorter and shorter things, and maybe even blogs, you know. And yeah. You're going the other way. You're, it's more of a, an artistic thing for you, which I think is awesome. It really is. I feel very fortunate to live in a time where we have a platform such as YouTube. And, there's, and, and this isn't a commercial for YouTube or anything, but just the Internet in general. You know, if we go back even 10 years ago, if any of us here in the room had an idea for a film, what we would have to go through to actually turn that into reality. You know, you got to come up with a... A script you got to come up with a pitch you got to figure out how to break down the doors of networks or or studios uh to even get our idea in front of somebody and and to get it to materialize into an actual like production would be a huge challenge for somebody like us in, in this room but right now we can pull our phones out of our pockets we can start bringing our ideas to to fruition and then we've got the platform like youtube or the, any of the other various platforms and we can make that a reality and that as filmmakers, that's a pretty cool time to, to live in. Well, know? speaking of people in this room, you know, our Tyler, our, our chief marketing officer here, has, has his own feature film, which was a, a true feature film in, in distribution yeah. now, Desert Shadows. So that was, cool. that was not an easy endeavor. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and I enjoy sitting down and talking with Tyler about, you know, those kind of things. We, we enjoy those conversations. So it's mm -hmm. pretty cool, yeah. Well, let's talk about the van then because, you know, obviously we – know each other because you have been using Battleborn batteries and you're you're one of the first ones we had in mind when we when we put in internal heat so that you can charge at cold temperatures has yeah. that made a difference for you what how, how has that affected your your career yeah absolutely I mean having especially with pushing the limits of my adventures and my you know content creating into these colder weathers you know these colder extremes it's Pushing it that direction is doing something that nobody else was doing on YouTube at the time. And so having the equipment, having your vehicle is part of the fun challenge of like, how can I make this cap this vehicle capable of going out and sustaining me as a filmmaker? And, you know, that's also taking a um, basically a, a miniature film studio on wheels out into these conditions. And having power is absolutely key to be able to run this Kind of thing off grid you know you're charging camera batteries and computers and lights and keeping yourself you know alive and comfortable um, so having a battery system that is capable of doing that is is huge and i you know before i met you guys i ran the gamut of all sorts of different battery systems and, and me trying to learn about the science behind how they work how lead acids work and don't work in different kind of conditions 
Um, so meeting you guys and the technology you'd been developing, and you're like, well, matter of fact, we've got this. Yeah, as it turns water. out, we've been thinking of cold temperatures. No, honestly, yeah. it was it was because we were thinking of like ice fishermen and extreme sportsmen. But the funny thing is that now when we deliver batteries to an RV manufacturer, they'll almost exclusively want the ones with the internal heated feature because they don't yeah. know where the users the end user is going to take the the rig. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's because of people like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, look what we can do with this van. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, it's It's been definitely a, a thing, you know. There's been times when, when I'm traveling without the heated batteries. It's a good experiment. Times when I've traveled without the heated batteries, I'm like, oh, look. Now this is where we're running into the issue of, like, this is where you need the heated batteries. So the fact that that is an option, you know, is huge. And it really takes out any of the questionable things about lithium you know a lot of people are like oh well it doesn't work well can't in the charge cold. cold yeah it's like that the heated option really you know gives you guys some ammunition against that and it does yeah that was viable. nice to be able to say well actually that yeah that whole thing goes away but to be clear when i when we say heated we're talking about like keeping it above <coughs> just above freezing so mm -hmm. you know i'm not like a, a a hot warm battery or whatever but um, so anyway, yeah, we were, we were excited to be part of that, especially for, for what you were presenting. What else about the vehicle did you, do you have to really focus on when you're doing what you're doing in extreme weather? Um, you know, you got to make sure you're mechanically sound. It's having a vehicle that is, you know, mechanically capable of going and doing Do you have like a mechanic type background? I mean, were you interested in cars in general? Yeah, I grew up, you know, working on my bicycles as a kid, you mm -hmm. know, with my dad and working on motorcycles. Uh, so I did all my mechanical work on, on my race motorcycles when I raced motocross. And then when, you know, when I was in the construction industry, a lot of what I did was, you know, working on equipment and the mechanical aspect of it. So when it comes to my vehicles, it's just natural that I do all of my own work. And I really appreciate that aspect of it because you really get to know your vehicle inside and out. And when you're going out into these adventures completely off grid, and if something goes wrong, it's nice to know that at least I know, you know, what's going on with the vehicle inside and out. So having that, that background really gives you a lot of confidence in going out and doing this, these yeah. kind of things. So. Yeah, well, you know, the information about your vehicle, not just your power system, but about your vehicle is more accessible now than, yeah. you know, than before the internet when you'd have to find, you know, those Haynes manuals or whatever. Yeah. You know how to yeah. take it all apart, exactly. which was cool. I remember those days and yeah. that was pretty cool too. Yeah. Uh, so are you, when you travel, are, are you usually by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, I, I usually am. Is that um, something that you've been, that you've sought? Um, no, not necessarily. You know, back when I first started it, it, it wasn't like, oh, I need to go do this by myself. I, I love going on road trips with, you know, other people. And, mm -hmm. and like I said, grew up doing that as a family, as a, as a whole family, um, but it got to the point of when I, you know, was able to quit my career and start, you know, doing my filmmaking and photography full time. Everybody else had a job. Mm -hmm. So if, <laughs> or, by or necessity, a, I guess you're a right. regular nine to five job. Let's uh. put it that way, because I, I do consider what I do a, a job. Um, but at that time, it was like if I waited around till I could go with somebody else, I'd never be going anywhere. So it's right. like I've yeah. got to, you know, you know pull up my bootstraps and just go and I started doing solo trips and I'm like, wow, this is actually really freeing. And I, I 
my first trip out was in 2012. I think I went on a five-week road trip and mostly by myself. And all my friends and family thought I was crazy for doing uh -huh. it. But when I was out there on the road by myself, I realized how much I learned just about myself. And that after that road trip, I really craved that kind of solo time out on the road. And it's great for, you know, self-exploration and getting to know yourself. So now, you know... I don't have, you know, everybody's working. So if I'm going to go do these adventures, I do it solo. And I find that for my filmmaking aspect of it, I really appreciate being solo because then I can really take the time to set up the camera shots. And there's a lot that goes into, you know, putting together a, a 30 second sequence of a van driving down a road. That's a lot of getting out, setting the camera up, backing up, driving through the scene, backing up, grabbing the camera and repeating throughout. So when you've got other people traveling with you, it's like, oh, my God, are we really stopping? <laughs> and, and maybe they're fine with it, but it's my mental of, like, I don't want to hold up yeah, Well, I guess group. if you had someone who was useful, then it, yeah. it would be worth having them. Actually, I, I was talking to Tyler about it, and he was marveling at some of the shots you're able to produce by yourself, you know, driving down the road with a drone and, yeah. you know, getting the shot exactly the way you want it by yourself, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've gotten to where I appreciate that time alone. And it really just lets me focus on, you know, doing the work that I want to do taking the time to set up the shots. And, you know, when it comes to the point where you get out to maybe your, your destination, like when I set foot on the Arctic ocean for the first time after driving all the way there and those emotions that are flowing through, like I just made this journey and now I'm going to speak to the camera. If I had five people standing there, like, what's he going to say? <laughs> I, it would just, it wouldn't come through on camera, you know, so um, being out there by myself allows me just to kind of speak freely to the camera so that it, that, that those true emotions do come out there. So, Well, do you feel like you're speaking to the camera or to hundreds of thousands of people? Um, I feel like I'm definitely speaking to the camera, um, but I do treat it as if I've got everybody with me. Um, I, I always say, okay, well, we're about to go down this road and we're almost to this pot, spot. And a lot of people in the comments are like, well, who's we? Do you have somebody with you? <laughs> I'm like, no, we is the hundreds of, of thousands <laughs> of people, if not millions of people that are watching this. So mm -hmm. I, I, I treat it in that aspect that, you know, I've got, you know, all of my audience with me. You mm -hmm. know? And that's how I try to document it. It's like, guys, here's what we're doing. Like, look at this. This is amazing. So have you gotten incredible feedback? Like this is something that uh, you know, I've always wanted to, I wish I could do it. This is, you know, this changed my life seeing how free you can live. You know, I had no idea that it would ever go that way. You know, when I first picked up the camera and made my first video about living in a van, I had no idea that it would turn into anything. I had no aspirations of being a YouTube content creator. Like I mentioned earlier, that wasn't a thing. And through this whole journey of, of building my channel, I'm absolutely blown away by the, by the feedback that comes in from all over the world. Countries like countries that I've never heard of, you know, just it's wild in the messages where people say exactly that. Like you've changed my life. Like I was on the verge of going down this path and you actually watching your videos changed that for me. And so it's all of that feedback that keeps me going. You know? Do you interact with people like that at all? Um, I try to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, when, when somebody takes the time, especially, you know, when it's a, an email that comes in or something like that, you know, and, and they've really opened up their, their hearts of 
to me, it's like, yeah, you got to take the time to, to interact with that for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I get a lot of, a ton of positive feedback in the comments and it becomes impossible to respond to every single one of those. Sure. But so I'm completely overwhelmed with the amount of positive feedback. That must really drive you actually to, I mean, I know you have your own artistic, uh, it, you, you have the freedom to do what you want, but you must also be driven by your effect on other people. Absolutely. Like I said, that's a lot of what keeps me going. That's the fuel is he- hearing that positivity of like, man, this changed my life. It's like it gives me it lets me know that what I'm doing has purpose behind it, even though it's you know, that isn't my goal of like, oh, I'm going to go influence these people. I'm just going out and doing what I do as a, as a regular guy. And, you know, the fact that people are finding finding inspiration in that that really it's pretty cool. And, you know, getting to go to the Overland Expos last year, I went with you guys for the first time in uh, Expo West in Flagstaff. And that's one of the biggest industry shows for overlanding and, and doing exactly what we do. And, you know, I'm more of van life that really blends into the overland community, kind of blurring the lines between the two. And the amount of people that were there in person that came up and, and recognized me, I was blown away. I had no idea that that was going on. It's one thing when you sit there on the screen and you see the numbers go up. And yeah, I was going to say, you must have some idea that, you know, I'm getting pretty well known in this community. Well, it's interesting because you can, you could sit there for years and that's what I do. I always focus on creating the content, you know, doing the adventures and, and I see the numbers go up and it's like, wow, that's a lot of numbers, but you never in that realm, never get to actually put faces with that. So when the numbers on screen go up, it's like, wow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right now it's it getting close to 700,000 subscribers and to the thought of what would it be like if I were standing here and overseeing, you know, looking over a crowd of 700,000 people, that would be mind blowing. You know, mm-hmm. as content creators, we never get that opportunity because we're just, you know, doing this, this digitally. So getting out to the Overland Expo was the first time of like, OK, I see lots of numbers, but the fact that, you know, you get to interact with real humans. And that kind of scene, it was it was pretty cool. If you made a product and you sold seven hundred thousand of that product, that would be incredible. But these are subscribers; these are seven hundred thousand people that follow what you're doing, and you know everywhere yeah. you go, which is which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, congratulations on that. Well, feed. thank you. It's it's crazy to think, you know. I think of what it must be like for a um, a rock band, you know, that's selling out a giant stadium. Pick the biggest stadium in the world. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I'm pulling a number out of my hat, uh, 100,000, you know, and they're sitting there in a sold-out crowd. That must be incredible, you know, and to think that almost every video that goes out gets at least that and oftentimes much, much more. So that that's crazy to think about, that we even have that opportunity to have that kind of reach yeah. these days. You know? Yeah, well, that's fame. It's uh, <laughs> crazy. Think, I, think, I think you apply it well. So oh, well, uh, keep you. doing what you're doing. Well, you know, it's without things that what you guys are doing that we wouldn't be able to go out and do, you know, if I didn't have a, a, a system to sustain myself and my production with, you know, with the products that you guys produce, wouldn't be able to do this kind of stuff. So thanks to you guys for being able to provide that opportunity. Well, thank you for saying that. But, you know, yeah. like I often think, you know, I'm happy to be involved, but often think, man, I wish I was on the other side of this transaction. You know? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe someday, you know, maybe you someday can, <laughs> you're putting in the hard work now. I mean, I think it's incredible what you guys have created and, and hearing your backstory. That's been one of the great things 
about working with you guys of not just, you know, oh, it's a, you know, a brand partnership, but it's, I've also got the opportunity to like this, to sit down and have conversations with you. And this has, you know, been a few years now and getting to sit down and hear the story of how you guys started this whole thing, I think is pretty incredible. The fact that you guys basically started in, in a garage, you know, and the fact that you've built it to this point, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Pretty surreal. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure from that context, we've got pretty similar experiences. Yeah. You watch the numbers tick up and like, wow, we're selling a lot of batteries. Yeah. <laughs> so That's incredible, man. Well, yeah. anyway, um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You bet. And it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. It's really appreciate it. That's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Limitless Energy Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms.